He's Henry Gomez, an ad agency strategist with over 27 years of experience. And he's Howard Ibach, a former copywriter and creative director and the author of two books on the creative brief. And together, we're the Brief Brothers. We're having an ongoing discussion about creative briefs, briefing, and advertising. Well, we're back, Howard. And today, it's an interesting episode. We're not going to talk about briefs, really. Um, we're going to talk about advertising because that's one of the things that we say that we every week that we like to talk about. But we are going to talk about a very specific ad. It's an iconic ad, a print ad uh, that is more than 100 years old. And the reason we're going to talk about it is because you and I were looking for subject material to talk about on the podcast. And we were looking at for old ads to do something we like to do, which is reverse engineer a creative brief from the ad. But we were scrolling through these lists of ads and there was these ads from the beginning of the 20th century. And as we were scrolling, one of them kind of uh, stopped us in our tracks and we were looking at it specifically how different it was from the other ads that were showcased from that era and that we know to be the type of advertising from that era. So we thought we'd show it today and talk a little about what makes that ad so memorable, what makes it great if it is a great if you agree that it's a great ad. And and because this is really from a period of time before there would have been a creative brief. You know, right. this uh, advertising was a it was an industry that was already existed for several decades. Uh, there have been agencies, J. Walter Thompson been around already for several decades. Um, but the formalized way that we look at advertising today hadn't been developed yet, particularly with strategy and briefing and so forth. So I thought we'd, you know, should maybe share the screen. We could scroll through the ads and, and stop on what stopped us and, and really talk about it a little bit, get in depth. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to land right on the, yeah, but I'll back up and take a look at some of the things that we saw as we were scrolling. It started in early 20th century, about 1911. And we were looking at some ads that might, provide fodder for a reverse engineering exercise. And I think we may come back to one or some other of these um, for a future episode because they're they're kind of fascinating. And I have a thing about how we don't really know our brand history. So that could be interesting conversation. So we were scrolling through these, some recognizable brands, quite different today from what they were back a hundred years ago. And we stopped here. This is from the 1918. It's a U.S. Army recruiting poster. I think we all recognize it. And what I think prompted us to just talk about this is, and you, you were saying, let's do a little research on this. Let's look up. Where did this come from? And we finished recording another episode and said, let's just take a few minutes. And we did. We both went online and did a little history and were pleasantly surprised to discover that this image is more than 100 years old. It went back to the War of 1812. Not this exact image. No, the, but idea, the idea. The, the idea of Uncle Sam as a character that represented the U.S. government um, was something that had gone back easily 100 years before this poster. Right. Um, I think we discovered that various iterations of an Uncle Sam character had appeared in political cartoons and and different literary outlets uh, uh, 
but this is the image I think that most people associate with Uncle Sam. Like this was the one that kind of galvanized what Uncle Sam looks like in most people's minds is this the top hat with the stars, the red tie, the white shirt, the blue coat, um, you know, the stern look, the stern look, the the stern look, the the goatee, um, you know, so to me, what stopped me in my tracks as we were scrolling along was that you saw all those long copy ads, you know, like, you know, extolling the virtues of a product. There was a Cadillac ad there that didn't even have an illustration of a car. It was just all long copy. Um, and here, this really breaks the mold of the advertising of the of the era. Uh, one is, well, it was a poster so they could do it in color, right? As opposed to the newspaper advertising of the time. So the color jumps at you, but also by those standards, this is very minimalistic in its design and its use of copy. Um, you know, a lot of white space, as you were saying before we started, right? So it draws your focus right to the character and then to the headline. And you instantly, you know, I want you for U.S. Army, nearest recruiting station. I think you look at this, and if you were told it came originally from 1918, you you would be incredulous. It looks modern. It does. It looks from you know 2018. It it could have been anything that was designed within the last 10, 20 years. And and, and that's I think that's what gives it its longevity. It's just has worked and and has kept working and is effective and resonates. I think for for everyone, it's brilliant. And. If we were using modern marketing standards and we said this has use of distinctive assets, right? So Mm -hmm. the distinctive assets of the United States and the federal government are red, white, and blue. It's a white star on a blue field, right? Um, You know, Uncle Sam himself at that time was not a distinctive asset. This, This poster made him into a distinctive asset, but it did utilize the colors um of, of the country in a very uh and then the other part of it is what is the message here right and it's not surprising that this image is enduring right because it is saying i want you it is conveying a sense of responsibility on the viewer that you are obligated to go to the nearest recruiting uh, station and to enlist in the help of Uncle Sam. He says, I want you. He doesn't say, I need you, but it's an implied, I Mm -hmm. need you. You know, I can hear some people saying, you know, your strategy is showing, but I, I would counter that by saying, so what? It's a powerful statement. It's unforgettable. And it's become an influencer. We've, we were talking before we recorded about Smokey the Bear who has been used in a similar iteration of this poster, looking right into the into your eyes, pointing directly at you saying only you could prevent forest fires. So it has longevity in terms of its effectiveness. <laughs> you can't well, you can't look away from this. So, so I, I, I don't. Yeah, go ahead. No, I'm done. I, I was going to say that uh, that I did see 
and doing some of the research that this was modeled actually after a British poster. So there was some Lord and there was a poster where he similarly is pointing at the reader, um, asking them to en en enlist. But I think this takes that, but it also, it kind of creates this unified vision now that we all have for the government, and I would say the government at its best, right? Like the this is the the U.S. government that is the government that comes to the aid of our allies and that defeats the evil enemies uh, abroad um, and stands for all that is good and right and just. And that's this became a very powerful image. Uh, I think probably you know. This was a World War One era, but I gotta believe that the reverberations of this carried through World War Two. When, you know, in that case, the United States found itself attacked by Japan, and then entered war with Germany and Japan. Well, um, let's go. But, let's go back in history and remember that as we were both discovering in our research, the idea of Uncle Sam emerged right around the time of, of the War of eighteen twelve by a gentleman at the time named Sam Wilson, who was providing meat. He was a meat packer, and he provided meat for the soldiers who fought in, in uh, the War of 1812. And the stamp on his packaged goods that came to them was from, U you know, from U.S. And all of a sudden, people just started associating. The, soldiers, with, were, the soldiers were saying, oh, it's from Uncle Sam. It's from and, Uncle Sam. And, that, and that's now, how this is. Yeah, this is a real historical character. This is not a, this is not fictitious. It's a real person, uh, and it it has lived on. I I don't know how many people know that truth. I didn't. It was worth looking up to to learn that history. It's, it's kind of like a folk. He's a folkloric Uncle Sam becomes this folkloric figure that had been depicted in different ways over the decades. From when right. the people started using the expression Uncle Sam. And then this comes out and this suddenly is the definitive vision of what Uncle Sam is and should be. And and I think it stays with us today. That's if I, I go up to 10 people and ask them, describe Uncle Sam to me, they'd say, well, he's got a hat, he's got a white beard, goatee, he's pointing at you, he's saying, I want you for the U.S. Army. And I think it also shines a light on something that's important to me, I think important to you as well. We've talked about it a couple of times, and that is the sad state of affairs when it comes to marketers and, and people in our industry who are unfamiliar with brand history. We don't know what our brands were like a decade, two decades, 10 decades before we came to work on those brands. I've encountered that in my training where people simply aren't, aren't familiar with the history of their own brands. So it's worth going back into the into the archives, in this case, Google, to do a little digging. And, and this was this was fun. And related to that um, history is the equity that this has built up in people's mind. Right. And don't go against it. Don't try to change it. Right. Like if you oh, we're going to come up. This is a typical the, the Uncle Sam for the 21st century. Right. right. Uncle Sam doesn't need to be updated for the Uncle Sam is timeless. This is what people envision as Uncle Sam. There's not a need to change Uncle Sam. Yeah, for about five minutes, I worked on the Wells Fargo account when I was, you know, in in at I was I think I was at DDB in in LA, and the client was struggling with how do we modernize? How do we bring the the stagecoach 
which is our iconic image. Leave it alone. And, and you know, they were struggling with that. And, and we kept saying, you know, we tried and we tried. It's like, don't mess with success, man. That's there's so much equity in that. Don't Leave try it to alone. mess with make it. it make yeah. it stand for something. Exactly. Make it give it meaning to the consumer. But they are that iconography is already associated with with your brand what you need to do is connect for consumers what does it mean from the armored stagecoaches of the past when that was our line of business to now that that we provide security right that we yeah. uh take care of your of your that nobody's gonna do better uh than we do with providing security for your money doesn't need yeah. to be reinvented no all right henry good stuff good good, good. topic good conversation good stuff howard He's Henry Gomez. And he's Howard Eibach. And together, we are the Brief Brothers. Till next time, bye-bye.